You're listening to the Holdcast with Jack Grimsey and Robert Lintott. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 106 of the 7500 to Hold Holdcast. I'm Jack Grimsey alongside Robert Lintott. Robert, it's good to have you back. Missed you last time when we were talking about Villa social media. So glad to be back. Um, you know, we, we've missed each other the past few episodes, so I'm glad that we're finally back to uh, the way it should be. The funny thing is, Villa are still unbeaten. <laughs> like, would you, would you believe it? We, we say that quietly. <laughs> Don't worry, I already jinxed it on the interview I did yesterday with John McKenzie. He brought some leads insight to the pod. That's who Villa are playing this weekend. So we're going to recap the recent Aston Villa happenings. Then we'll have that interview with John. And then Robert and I will talk about the Leeds United fixture on Saturday for just a little bit. That in just a moment. All right. So where were we, Robert? Villa still unbeaten under Steve Bruce. Could this team be good again? Actually good. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I've been thinking this for a couple of weeks now, but I'm really nervous to actually buy into it. Because every time we've thought the Villa were going to be good again, they've kicked us right in the nads. Okay, but this is what really sticks out for me, is prior to Steve Bruce's tenure, seven games so far, we've won four of them. Mm -hmm. It took us 49 games to win four in the stretch before that. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I mean I guess that's the thing. It's the proof is there. Bruce has just totally gotten out of this club what we would expect. And I mean he's he's already done oh, yeah, I'm I'm really just totally unsure of what to think of this. I hope he can keep the run going for eleven matches just because that's how many we had before um with Di Matteo and then Steve Clark and in that in those first eleven games Villa were picking up 0.91 points per match and since then they've been getting 2.14 yeah it's good i mean it's this kind of pace that you know if they keep this up even remotely they'll be within a playoff position before too long at least at least because or yeah before too long like you're saying i calculated it when bruce came in i think his his average points per match in the championship throughout his career is like 1.78 or 1.8 or something and I extrapolated that over the course of the season, and if Villa picked up that many points per game on average, they would have ended in sixth in last year's championship table, and sixth, I think, in the year before. I think I only looked at two years. But if they could do that for the whole season, they'd be in a playoff position, and we're getting 0.3 points per game more than that. So Yeah, absolutely. It's... um. I mean, if you look at what we've got coming up, we've got Leeds this weekend. The following weekend, we host Wigan, who are trash. Uh, and then you've got a visit to Norwich. And, you know, Norwich are just a little bit above us. They're about the same level. Uh, but they were in the top three for a while. They're starting to fade. Yeah, it's true. But the thing that just sort of boggles my mind is we were so mired in mediocrity and, and you know, down in the relegation consideration even. We weren't bottom three, but we were close. And everything was horrible. And now it's really possible, even with a loss in those three games, to foresee a way in which Villa might be in the playoff spots by our match against Queen's Park Rangers. Yeah, you know, if you're if you're winning, you know, when you draw, a point kind of gets taken out of the equation. Both teams get a point. A win, you get three. And... If you are winning one game and losing two, it's the same as drawing three. 
And under Steve Bruce, Villa aren't going to be averaging out a win and two losses over three games, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we probably lose sometime soon. Uh, we, it's, it's inevitable. It yeah. has to happen. And I mean, this weekend might be the weekend. So if you lose there and then if you say win against Wigan and Norwich, uh, that's six points added to where we are that puts you at 31. That might be just outside the playoff spot. But, you know, it's really possible that by Christmas, let's say that, it really would not stun me if by Christmas Villa were in the playoff spot. No, not at all, because what do we, what's that, five more matches? Yeah. Wait, three, four, yeah. Or f- the fifth is Boxing Day. So okay. four more matches. So, so I think at going least into that Year's. Boxing Day match, we could be in, in a playoff spot. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's still so much congestion in the table. It's only Rotherham United who are 11 points adrift Oof. of second bottom. Oof. That's miserable. You know, if and then if you go to Cardiff, they're 11 points adrift of... Leeds who are in fifth so mm-hmm. there's much of a gap between five and 23 as there's between 23 and 24 they're already done god Rotherham. i mean the funny thing is there's so many games they really aren't done if something happened they they're stuck with the majority of their players i think they're done i don't yeah they, you know yeah i don't see how they can get out of it they, they've got to be gone but you know maybe a steve bruce comes along for them yeah hopefully not our steve bruce yeah, no no hashtag not my steve bruce <laughs> can't have him he's ours um so yeah let's let's get back to that cardiff game and we were talking about dr tony a little bit before the episode i think you said you probably saw the video of him going berserk in his box is great i mean yeah and why wouldn't he they scored three goals for heaven's sakes three three pretty good goals with the amavi assist of his villa career dare i say i mean yeah three goals it brought the goal differential up to three positive uh at villa park the fans actually got to see scoring the fans got to see an exciting match the fans got to see a match uh that villa never were behind in you know they scored the first goal in the 24th minute and then it looked like they might villa things up by conceding in the 28th and then koja said nope in the 39th scored and made sure that it was going to stay in the lead and villa kept that lead um, yeah, and it was, it was, I think it was annoying because it was Ricky Lambert, and I don't even know if fans hate him because he didn't come to Villa, mm-hmm. or if they just hate him because his name's Lambert. Either way, <laughs> I'm okay with it. And he, what, I don't know, it was a celebration, he was shushing the crowd or something, or yeah. what, whatever. But we shut him up, and of course it was Koja. Yeah. One of my favorite things about this match was Steve Bruce afterwards, talking about it. He, um... Uh, I, I had the quote pulled up here. This is only the first shoots of a recovery. We're hopefully heading in the right direction. And it's like, that's exactly what you want to hear. He's done amazing. He could sit back and say, this is what I can do. We could probably finish eighth or ninth and, and you know, be pretty comfortable going into next year. But no, he's saying, no, nah, this is just the beginning. We're We're going to do way better. Yeah, and, you know, I saw another quote from him. It was like, I've been waiting for this job for 20 years. So you can tell he's really fired up and... The thing that's about Villa that's not like the other jobs that he's had, like Hull or like Blues, like they're not going to be in the Premier League for a long period of time with possibly a lot of money to spend, you know, and at the end of the day, Villa is a much bigger club than them. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, absolutely. But no, like you're saying, still very refreshing to hear and it's good stuff. So Rudy Rudy just dead. Yeah, yeah, Rudy just dead. Finish it off with a penalty in the 90th minute. And 
we'll probably save this for another episode, but uh, something came out today on the Birmingham Mail that was saying, someone said, I'm not worried about losing Koja for AFCON in January. You know, I already tried this take when he came to Villa, and it didn't work because he is really good now. You know, we we need him. He's essential to the team. Yeah, he is. It's it's going to be tough to lose him for a little bit. It's but the know. longer the longer that they keep playing like this, the goals will start coming from other sources, like we've seen. And I don't know if somehow Gabby can figure out how to score again. Maybe. I mean, I feel like we should have let Gabby take the penalty. Oh, just so he could. Have what if it? Goal. What if it was like? Okay, remember the promotion playoff match a couple years ago? I think it was Watford, and I don't know who they were playing, but I don't know. Maybe it's Watford Palace or something. But someone missed a penalty at one end in like the 90th minute, and it went the other way for like the winning goal. Like, what if somehow that happened? God, because of Gabby. See, I could see that happening to Gabby. I you like know, the idea of Steve Bruce just telling Gabby, "All right." You want a chance to play in this team? Here's the penalty. If you miss it, you're done forever. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm a big believer in absolutes like that and holding grudges forever. So definitely, <laughs> definitely would be a move. You know, it's like in football managers, you make three subs in the first half because you're just pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, yeah, that that would be my style. But I that's what I would have wanted to see with Gabby. Like, all right, you want a chance at redemption? Here's your first step. If you screw this up, we're done. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but speaking of Kudja, he's won the PFA Player of the Month award for November. So congrats, Jonathan. Well deserved. Yeah, and he's just been a man on fire. He, I keep saying it. He's Villa's best player this year. Is there a was there a Manager of the Month award? Uh, I don't know. I would think so. I, I know there is in the Premier League, but you know, I could. There's no way I couldn't see it going to Steve Bruce. I mean, I mean, uh, what Chris Hutton's at Brighton? Yeah, I mean, you could see that. You could see, um, you know, heck, Reading is on a streak of five yeah. wins in a row. And if it weren't for their most recent loss, Newcastle has eight wins, one draw, and a loss in their last ten. Um, yeah, but I mean, I feel like of that. Certainly, if it was for the season, maybe Newcastle's manager will get it if they go wire to wire. Yeah. Top, but. Just looking at the recent, just a month, like, I mean, then again, just a month, they could have had more points, but yeah, coming into the month versus where the club ended up at the end of the month. We have not had one announced for November yet, but there is one. Okay. Uh, the the October one was Rafa. Uh, and it seems to have been announced around November 11th last year. So We've got probably a week to wait or so until we actually get to hear who the November one was. But it very well might have it's been. It's going to go to the first. dubious goals committee. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, it, you know, Steve Bruce has a pretty good shout for it at the very least. I think Reading probably have a stronger claim on it. Um, why can't I pull their manager's name off the top of my head? Uh, but yeah, I think they've probably got a stronger claim. Five wins uh, on the trot is nothing to thumb your nose at. No, no, not at all. Yeah, one one last point, I guess, wrapping up the the recent Villa stuff. How about the midfield? It was a really big concern, I know, especially for me. But Westwood, Yedinak, last game, fantastic. Tidy, efficient, you know. Yeah, and Yedinak is finally doing what we thought he would, which is settling down and starting to control things. Yeah, and it's having a, definitely a positive impact on his teammates. Yeah. And so it may, and 
it seems like his revival really started under Steve Bruce. And I mean, you can say that for the rest of this team. To me, the single biggest question is, what is Steve Bruce doing differently than DiMatteo was doing? Like, you is know, it just I... his jovial attitude? Is it the fact that he seems to smile a lot? He doesn't look like a James Bond villain? I mean, I, li- I, I really want to know what the difference is, because obviously this talent was there. It's not like they manifested new talent out of nowhere. So what was the change? I mean, obviously it's the change in manager, but why? What's happening? What's different? I'm really curious, and I'm sure we'll never know. Yeah, it's not like the personnel has been so much different, and even the formation, I guess. I mean, it's not... You can't say, I know his tactics by saying this is the formation they play, and they play the same basic shape, but, you know, the tactics is more, way more than that. But, you know, not that much has changed, really, on the field. Yeah, except the level of play. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But from who's been out there, and what it's what even what it's looked like a, a little bit because i don't know they're they're just they have belief now and they're able to put the ball in the back of the net i guess and it's like they've got rid of some demons or something that <laughs> maybe i don't know di matteo of like a voodoo doll or something he brought with him and now it's gone so uh steve bruce you little known fact is actually a catholic priest he came in and performed an exorcism <laughs> Yeah, that brings, brings me back to your old joke of... Uh, he was vomiting. Yeah, well, maybe now that's what they needed, because your old joke was Villa Cross, like a Catholic with no arms, and they actually score from crosses now, so maybe that's what you need. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, uh, Grealish in attacking mid in that center creative role, playing the number 10 behind the striker, and Adoma... It's great to have a proper right winger. Oh, heavens yes. To have an actual winger. Because Ayu on the left, I mean, he does the job, and sometimes he scores, but he's not a left winger. No, he isn't. And neither is Koja. And one of them is getting stuck there, and, you know, it's okay. Because, you know, we're, we're winning, but... It's. I'd, I would rather, like, swap Ayu or something at this point for, like, an actual winger. Agreed. Um, But that may be for January to figure out. Yeah, or later, or, you know, buy another one, because I'm still happy to have you in the squad. But, um, yeah, anyway... Oh, sorry, one more thing about players. James Chester, playing with that broken nose <laughs> against Cardiff. I mean, yeah, I can't believe that he did that, and... He's been what we sort of hoped Tommy Elphick would be. Yeah, exactly. And it's okay that one of them turned out how he did and the other turned out how he did, kind of. Yeah, I mean, that's why you buy those multiple players. Um, it's Remember when we thought Tommy Elphick was going to be the leader of this squad? And he really hasn't been. Yeah, I don't know how his Burnmouth teammates, like, carried him, basically, because that's what it seems like. He seems like he's totally not at the level. Maybe he just declined the past year really the maybe just last year he really had a steep decline because he was playing every game for Burnmouth and it's they stayed up you know they went up and they stayed up yeah exactly uh so it's a little bit strange his his situation but you know the Chester Baker pairing has looked really good yeah it has and hopefully Baker didn't pick up a head injury against Cardiff because he was subbed off and we never really heard what it was did we but I haven't heard any follow-up so I assume he's okay yeah, yeah, I mean, I assume they'll play anyone who's got a concussion the week before because that's how sports work, but 
Um, yeah. Um, someone else who's been playing, Alan Hutton. I want to wish him a happy birthday. That was yesterday, actually. Hey, Hutton is now one year older and probably just as bad. <sighs> He's now 32. Yay. Hey, that's almost as old as I'm going to be. Wow, I'm the same age as Alan Hutton nearly. That's depressing. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know what to say. <laughs> he won't be a villa forever. That's, yeah, I mean, eventually we all have to die and move on. Yeah, but Leeds', Leeds left side could give Hutton trouble. That's what I was seeing. Seeing someone tweeting, I guess, during... Liverpool's matchup with Leeds United, which was in the League Cup the other day, so we've got to watch Leeds ahead of that. But before we get to that, just going to talk a little bit about Dr. Tony. Went and visited the Birmingham Children's Hospital yesterday or two days ago, I guess, when you're listening to it last week, maybe. But, it, I mean, it's it's good to see that. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's trying to make some sort of an impact, trying to be some sort of a presence in the community. And it's in such stark contrast to uh, Lerner. Or at least Lerner in the later years. That yeah, like really sure, yeah. Lerner had the partnership, I guess, with Acorns that donated that. But I don't know. That could have just been for tax reasons too. Still wish we would have Acorns as our kit sponsor. Yeah, maybe I... just gonna have to. Oh well, no. They I guess they could put QuickBooks on the kids ones because they used to put Acorns on the the kids kits. So I was gonna say you're gonna have to have a child, Robert. Yeah. <laughs> so can... <laughs> just so I can have an Acorns kit. Yeah. Oh damn it! It's a lot of work. <laughs> It's a lot of money. I'm not well, sure it's worth I mean, it. Yeah. Those kids' kits are still like 70 bucks, and that's going to be like the cheapest thing you're going to have to oh. buy. Oh, my God. That's like a lot of months of this podcast to pay for that. So <laughs> th- thanks for listening to our ads, everyone. Um, but, yeah, you know, like you're saying, contrast to, to Lerner, and even if Tony is just trying to get some good PR, I don't think that's true because – He's a very busy man mm-hmm. and has a lot of very exp- or very expensive, I guess. I don't know what's a better word for that. Very lucrative businesses and things like that and stuff. So it's yeah. good to see him going to try to cheer up some kid. Absolutely. And, and, you know, hopefully this is a regular thing. I hope the players start getting there. And, you know, some of them already do. Some of the players are already doing good work in the community. Um, like Rudy. Yeah, exactly. And I hope this just becomes standard. I want Villa to be a great football team, but I also want them to be good people too. And that may be asking too much. Uh, but you know, if we can have both, boy, would I like it. Yeah. Maybe too much to ask from everyone, but certainly some people can contribute off the pitch as well. So next up is the interview I did with John McKenzie. We talked in detail about Leeds United. I am with John McKenzie, who writes for the Square Ball and is a Leeds United fan. John, how's it going? Yeah, good, thanks. How are you? Good, good. Uh, Great to have you on. I know we've been talking about this actually for a couple months. Yeah, I've been looking forward to speaking to you. You're like, yeah, when do Leeds play? Whenever Leeds play Villa, you can have me on your podcast. I was like, all right, definitely will do. I don't think we've had a guest section in quite a while. But yeah, anyway, it's good to have you on. And you're telling me a little bit about the Square Ball. Sounds like it's a pretty good Leeds blog. Yeah, the square ball is it's a fanzine. Yeah, Uh, it's been it's been run by fans for about I think over a decade now, uh, and it regularly wins awards. It's won the uh, Football Supporters Federation Award for the last few years, Um, and it's it combines uh, good writing with good uh, artwork. So it's actually a fairly impressive 
publication and I've really enjoyed write, writing for them because most of the time I'm writing uh, more general stuff for, for publication so it's been really nice for me uh, since Legion I have obviously dropped down the divisions to have something to, to write for. Yeah, I know. Um, I guess I kind of know you more personally from writing at uh, Get German Football News. We write for them. We both do. So yeah, GGFN, if you've seen them on Twitter. But yeah, and some of the other stuff you do, the crosswords uh, yeah. for the Blizzard, right? That's right. Yeah. So I'm uh, regularly working with Jonathan Wilson, which is uh, a real pleasure for me. Um, and a sort of in in there as well. I I edit the crossword for the Blizzard, so I get all of the submissions in. And um, I do write crosswords for one of the national uh, newspapers in the UK. Uh, but this is obviously football themed, so it's a, a bit more of a guilty pleasure for me. <laughs> yeah, more more fun, more than fun, more than work. Doesn't always feel yeah. like work, I guess. But yeah. Anyway, getting back to Leeds, um, how how long have you been a Leeds supporter? Your whole life. Yeah, well, since I've ever supported football teams, um, I, I started uh, supporting in in the early '90s, just after Italia '90, um, because we my parents went to Bradford University, settled down there in between Leeds and Bradford, and uh, a lot of the kids around there ended up supporting Leeds or Bradford. And obviously, with Italia '90, everyone was football mad, and uh, that's when I got into football and, and decided that I was a Leeds fan. So since then, I've sort of been, I wouldn't say on and off, it's been more difficult to support them while they've been further down the divisions. Uh, and when I was an undergrad at university, um, I was in Scotland, so it was a good long distance away from Leeds. So um, my football support for, for Leeds then was made a lot more difficult. But um, here I am still, all these years later, um, still pretending to to care. <laughs> yeah, still th through it all, I guess. Um, that's where you guys are at now, right? So yeah, yeah, that's all. That's really all I've known from Villa as being a supporter since like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. So just just been downhill basically. But um, yeah, I mean, at least I guess now there's more more TV coverage than if say Leeds would have been in yeah. the second division even back then, back yeah. when you started supporting them, I guess. We've got a, we've had a period of about six games in a row. They're all being televised. So I think starting with Newcastle, perhaps, um, and then we've had obviously the game against Liverpool that's just gone, and then we've got you guys this weekend, and I think another fixture with you guys a little bit further on, um, and then Brighton as well. I think coming up. So uh, yeah, we've been quite lucky in getting more fixtures than I can remember um, for, for a long while. So that's nice. Yeah, I watched that League Cup match yesterday, and although Liverpool didn't have all of their top stars in the lineup. It was still a quality team that they had to go up against and ended 2-0 two, two in Liverpool's favour. What did you think of it? Yeah, I was actually at the game. Um, yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, uh, But I was watching it in the cop because uh, I, I couldn't get hold of uh, away tickets. So not that you I'm know, secretly, secretly support Leeds. You're the inside man. <laughs> That's right, yeah. My my girlfriend is a, a big Liverpool supporter um, and her dad used to live on Anfield Road so he has a lot of uh, connections with people from um, from Liverpool. So we managed to get three season tickets in the cop. Um, so I went undercover for, for the game. I thought it was a good game. Um, for, for 70 minutes, Leeds gave a good account of themselves. They probably had the better chances and they're going to probably regret missing some of the good chances they had. Yeah, especially in the first half, I thought. Yeah, the Hadi Sacco or Winger had a, a pretty guilt-edged chance early on, um, and then Kimar Roof hit the uh, hit the post, um, and there was, it was there was one or two other chances, but I think there was always the feeling that Liverpool were going to score, the quality is going to show through, and they they did get the goal, and then they had the uh, 
the one at the end just to polish it off and make it look like they comfortably beat us. But yeah, for 70 minutes, uh, they were very much comfortably, uh, Leeds were very much comfortably on top. Um, and I was actually quite surprised because we, we made a few team uh, changes. We didn't have necessarily our strongest team players out. Um, and so I, I don't know how Gary Monk, the manager, got around that because I, I can imagine most of the first team players would have wanted to play in that fixture. But we gave a good account of ourselves and um, we played a couple of youngsters in midfield um, who was an 18 year old and a 20 year old and uh, and they gave a good account of themselves so I was pretty pretty positive after the game to be honest even though we lost yeah and and Chris Wood didn't start he's been the star leads this year he has nine goals in 18 championship matches and then he had three in three cup games going in so 12 goals already for him but he came off the bench wasn't able to make that impact yeah, and it's interesting because, I mean, this is very much a purple patch for Chris Wood. He's he's never been a prolific goal scorer. Um, that may simply be that he's never really played in teams where um, he's been a, a provider. Uh, and one of the worries... But he's, he's taking his chance as well, you know. Yeah, he is. Um, and it's good that that's happening, but he is very much having a, a, a run of form. And I, I'm, I'm worried that when, we, when he loses that run of form, which he inevitably will... Um, the goals are going to dry up a little bit for us. So um, that's one of my, my worries. I'm a bit of a Chris Wood denier in many respects. Um, I think he's obviously play, playing well at the moment and scoring goals, so he's popular with the fans to a certain extent. But he is a very much a Marmite figure, um, which I guess, for do you have that phrase in America, Marmite? Um, no, I don't even know what that means, to tell you the truth. <laughs> There's a savoury spread in the UK, which... People... Oh, I think it's called Marmalade here. Okay, we have... I know, Marmite, Marmalade's different. Oh. Marmite is a sort of yeast spread, sort of black, sticky stuff, and you put it on toast or something, and people either love it or they hate it. So if someone's a Marmite figure, people either love them or hate them. There's no oh, middle ground with them. So opinions divided. Yeah, exactly. So um, I'm not convinced that he's going to be everything that we need to to get us up into the Premier League, but he's scoring goals at the moment, so so that's very good for us. Yeah, I wasn't convinced by Jonathan Kodjo when we signed him because of his past record the past two seasons in second tier football but now he's lighting it up under Steve Bruce so I don't know you never know hope for the best mm. but like you're saying Leeds don't score a whole lot of goals just 21 on this on the year which is the same as Villa yeah um I think part of the problem is is that we've um been mixing our midfield up a little bit we've we've got a couple of first team players who've struggled with injuries this uh, this season uh, and then Gary Monk has been fiddling around a little bit with uh, the formation. Well, not the formation so much as who he's going to play in the three of a four-two-three-one. Um, yeah, so yeah the got... certain roles. I mean, they're they are interchangeable, but yeah. So we've got Pablo Hernandez on loan from some Middle Eastern club, but he was obviously famous for playing at Swansea, and he's a great number ten. Um, but he's injured at the moment. He makes a huge amount of difference for us because he does a huge amount of link-up play between the the double pivot that we have um, and and then Chris Wood, the striker. Um, but we've, we're missing him at the moment. So we've had Kim, Kimar Roof um, playing there, who um, is really, he was an out-and-out striker at Oxford, but um, has has been being played on the, the left wing for us a bit more. He's been playing quite well at number 10. Um, but it's meant, obviously, that we've had to experiment a little bit more with who we play on, on either wing on e either side of him. So we, we've been, at the moment, we're bringing Stuart Dallas back, who was a bit of a stalwart for us last season. Uh, and then we've got Hadi Sacco on, on the right, who's been pretty much a, a regular feature for us. Um, but then in the double pivot as well, we've had injuries. We've got Liam Bridcut, who we've recently bought. We had him on loan last season. We bought him from Sunderland. Um, and he's been brilliant for us, but he struggles with injuries. He's, uh, he seems to have um, something wrong 
wrong with his ankle um, and we miss him. He's such an important player for us because he's a ball winning midfielder and he's just, he recycles the ball brilliantly. And then alongside him, we've got Yunan O'Kane, who we bought from Bournemouth over the, uh, over the break, um, the summer break. Um, and he's been struggling with his groin all the time. He came off uh, against Liverpool as well. So I have no idea who they're going to actually play against you. Um, and and that that very fact uh, sort of says everything you need to know about Leeds at the moment. They can field a fantastic side, or they can field a bit of a nuts and bolts team from uh, the youth squad. Yeah, I mean, what Gary Monkey's just been there since what June this summer, so mm. still getting used to some of his personnel. You'd have to imagine, but he's had a, he's had a pretty decent time of it so far. And he's actually brought over a couple of players from Swansea as well, like you mentioned, Pablo Hernandez, and then. Who else is it? Matt Grimes and Kyle Bartley. Yeah, Kyle Bartley is an incredible player. Um, everyone's obviously talking about Pontus Janssen at the moment, who we've got on loan from Torino. Uh, but he's brought in Bartley as well, and Bartley is the same, if not more important, than um, Pontus Janssen. He's just a fantastic centre back. And they, both guys are six foot five. They're absolute colossus of men. Um, and they. What, what, That's what you need in the championship, really. Yeah, yeah. What, what um, Monk has done is he's solided up our defence. And that was where we were going wrong. And I think any team that lives by Chris Wood dies by Chris Wood. And you know that he's not going to score a huge amount of goals. So you have to be able to pr- protect narrow margins and narrow leads. And that's really what um, Monk has worked on doing. Yeah, it's good. It's good to see. I mean, the goal difference for Leeds is only plus one. It's yeah. And 20 goals conceded, but 21 scored. And it has them in fifth place. So 29 points. And I don't know. I think Leeds have kind of been like the anti-Villa or anti-Villa as they have nine wins and seven losses, just two draws. Villa with five wins and three losses, but ten draws. Yeah. Um, I, I think you've obviously had your problems with, with managerial uh, issues and you've got a new manager in. I think draw draw-itis or whatever you want to call it is often the result of that. Um, we, yeah, I don't know. We we had it in the past too, like when you were saying you, you'd had enough of watching Villa, so you, you weren't watching them this season. You had enough <laughs> of it the past few years. It was a bit cruel. I mean, last season was not not particularly a highlight for for Villa Villa fans. No, not really. Fans around the world, but I think Leeds has a similar problem with with drawing. I mean, it's not really transpired in that way. We've been fairly lucky or unlucky in many respects. We've either got late wins or late goals or conceded late goals, and so the draws haven't happened. But um, very much the problem with Leeds at the moment is they just aren't creative enough going forward. We're not creating enough dangerous chances. Um, and I think that's what that's where Monk has to really think um, long and hard this January uh, in terms of sub, uh, bringing in transfers because we do struggle to... We, we do create chances, but we're not creating enough uh, and we're not creating good enough quality chances um, we're, we're we're very very well organized you'll have seen that from the the liverpool game uh, but we aren't we are that just that we're very well organized and you know you need it's to... almost it's almost as if players are instructed too much to stay in their positions and don't really have the freedom yeah. maybe it may be the case yeah and i think the reason monks done that is because we were very much weren't that way beforehand and we needed that uh, but yeah, do... that's what you needed the, ri- the rigidity for sure i think yeah exactly Sorry, I, I cut you off, but no, you I, I was simply saying, you know, that we, we we lack a sort of creativity and spark, which is why Pablo Hernandez has been so important for us. Um, there's flashes of of that from Kimar Roof, uh, but he's very young and he's been playing in League Two, 
um, until this point. So he's very much on a learning curve at the moment. Uh, so it might be nice to sort of bulk up that area for us. I'm seeing that Hernandez's loan is up December 31st. Do you know if they're looking to extend that or maybe buy him permanently from... Yeah, and we've got a few players on loan who everyone is worried about uh, losing. So Carl Bartley as well um, and Pontus Janssen. So a lot of the fans are saying if this takeover that there are rumblings of taking place is is to take place, then that these, loan, these loans need to be sorted out. The same with... Um, Gary Monk because his and his uh, staff because I think they're only on a one-year contract. Um, so uh, there's, there's lots of things for a, a new owner to sort out should that be the case. And I think those those loans are very much um, also un under under scrutiny too. It's something you want to do sooner rather than later. Those contracts, especially with Gary Monk, because you know if he takes leads to fifth, regardless of what happens in the playoff. Um, that's he could be an attractive candidate for some Premier League sides or other top division sides, you know, and they let him. He would be walking for free. Yeah, I think I think Gary Monk is no one is can doubt his credentials. I think he he was unlucky to be let go by Swansea when he was. He had a good season, um, had I think the highest points total for a good long uh, time in the Premier League. Um, and had a win percentage that was unmatched by anyone until I think Brendan Rodgers. And obviously Brendan Rodgers had a huge stint in the championship as well, which um, make, pl uh, plays wonders with your uh, win percentage. So he's a decent manager. I've been I've been a firm supporter of him from the off because he's he's a different level from what we've been getting. Um, and we've obviously had that sort of manager uh, sweepstake going on the last few seasons where we were just working our way through just unacceptable managers really very quickly and you know with Monk that he you can just see it he's been here for what like 16 games now in the league and it's um, and it's just been brilliant the, the the change that you actually see in that in that time so it's very much important I think for for the team the, the club to sort out that that contract because like you say he's going to get snapped up and if we if we don't have a decent contract in place he's going to go for next to nothing there's probably not going to be money to spend in January you thinking I'm not entirely sure. Again, it depends on the um, it depends on the ownership issues. I suspect if we're still in the playoff places and we haven't sold the club, and Chilino is still uh, the majority owner, then I suspect that he might be tempted to spend some money simply because I think this will be the best chance we've had in years to actually get back into the Premier League, and there might be the recognition that it will just make the club so much more lucrative for him. Um, yeah, you know, even five million in the in the right place can do do a lot. You know, one one or two players maybe somehow that could help you out. Yeah, I think so. And you only you only overspent what the what the transfer values received this summer were by what two million. So it's not like they you spent a whole lot like Villa in the summer. There might not be money if they're worried about financial fair play or something. I don't know. Yeah, um, Monk's um, very shrewd in the transfer market. Almost every transfer that he sorted out this summer has turned out to be a great player uh, or very important to the squad. Um, yeah, I'm sure those loans are pretty cheap as well. Yeah, I think they, what, what they you're getting they from are as well. Yeah, um, certainly Pablo Hernandez is not is not going to be no. Obviously, um, and I mean Pontus Janssen is is a brilliant player. He would fit within fit into the Premier League. I'm fairly certain. Um, Carl Bartley as well was 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 almost out of contract. They have renewed his contract at Swansea because they know that Leeds are going to put a bid in almost. <laughs> so they've they've tried to bump as much value out of him as they can. But again, any player who's nearing the end of his contract going out on loan presumably is a fairly uh, fairly cheap uh, snip. So, 
Yeah, especially yeah, if he was going to run out of contract at the end of the year, he is twenty five, so he could he could go on a Bosman. But yeah, so anyway, I guess back to the game. Final thoughts? You have a, a prediction? I think that the the Liverpool result can only really be good for the team morale. Um, despite the loss, obviously they acquitted themselves well um, and proved that they can play with uh, injuries. And young players cope with that, even on a big stage. So I think that there's a certain amount of momentum with the team at the moment, and they just seem to be—they just seem to be um, snatching results at the moment. So I think for us playing at home, um, there'll be a, there'll be a certain amount of expectations for this game to, I think, judge how how well we are actually playing at the moment. Because I think there's a there's a certain uh, account of amongst Leeds fans of this being a little bit of a fluke you know we've got up to fifth through a, a fairly easy run we've not had to beat anyone that big and whenever we've come up against a big team we played Newcastle obviously recently we lost to them but at the same time I think there's there is a rumblings in the club that, that actually what's going on is something that's different from what's happened before obviously we've not been this high for ages um, but actually when you're watching us play even when we're losing we're losing playing well um, so that was a noticeable against Newcastle. It took a Rob Green clanger to to really uh, determine that game. Um, and it could have gone either way until that point. So I think the fans will be expecting at least um, a draw uh, against you at the weekend. Yeah, you'd hope, so. you'd hope so, playing at home and the way you've been playing. Um, but yeah, it, it, could be, it could be a win and it could be the beginning of, of, of a real belief. I think that this is the season we're going up. That said, I think, again, who knows what, what the uh, League Cup game will have taken out of them. And there may be, uh, there may be a certain amount of resting on laurels and ex- expectation that actually the championship is too easy for us. And so, I mean, that's a very, that's a very uh, wussy uh, way of answering that question. But um, I will, I'll say that I think that Leeds will win by one goal margin. Um, but that might simply be me fresh uh, fresh from Anfield, feeling uh, more positive than I should. Yeah, fair enough. I, I'm going to say 2-2, I think. I can't see I can't see Villa losing kind of now. No, I mean, I shouldn't say that because I can, but <laughs> I, think that, I think they'll keep the, keep the run going and make it four, four wins, four draws under Bruce. Yeah. Should be good entertainment either way. Maybe Leeds can find that cutting edge. Yeah, and it should be interesting to see how the two teams match up against each other. It's sort of both teams are sort of a, at a point where no one's entirely sure how good either of them are. Um, so it might be good for them to play each other just to, to try and determine that a little bit more. Yeah, I think it was. It's kind of lucky maybe that Villa lost in the League Cup earlier this season, so they didn't have to deal with that distraction because this is a pretty big match. Yeah. So. All right, John, I want to thank you for joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at John underscore McKenzie. Check him out. Check out his stuff that he writes. It's actually in a lot of places, so it's not just about leads. All right, John, thanks. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. All right, I hope you enjoyed the interview. Robert and I are going to wrap up the podcast and talk about Villa's game against Leeds. So Saturday, 5.30 local primetime matchup. It's a nice one for you, 12.30 in the afternoon on the East Coast. Yeah, I actually thought I was going to have to miss the match because I have to work on Saturday morning, but I think I'm done at noon. So oh, that's ideal. Yeah. yeah I, I know they're, they're watching in Chicago at the Globe, but I'm not going to be able to go. I think I'll, I'll probably be, I'll be doing Bundesliga stuff in the morning and doing maybe stuff for 7,500 to Holt, actually, during the game. So it'll be fun. And the, the best part is that it's going to be on TV, so... We can watch them... Which means yeah. we're probably going to get stomped. Yeah, probably. That's how but... this works. 
At least you won't get stomped by the overrunning El Clasico fans at the Globe Pub. When <laughs> it's always the busiest day. Yeah, so it's it's gonna be on Sky in the UK and Ireland, or uh, available to stream on BN on BN three, I believe it is, for the first fifteen minutes of the match because something else overruns it. But then it's gonna switch to the main BN channel, so you can watch that it's most not of it at least. At all. No, no, not at all. It's funny, we actually, I was talking about it with John, but the reverse fixture, Villa against Leeds, is the 29th of December, so yeah, that one's that one also will be televised, so yep, we get, get to it. see a lot of Villa Leeds. Yeah, you get all the Villa Leeds you need in December, right? I hope your advent yep. calendar had that spot a few times. Uh, <laughs> and Leeds are going to be tough competition. I don't like the fact that we have to play them twice in a month. Um, they've, they've had a pretty darn good start to the season. Sitting fifth, 29 points, plus one goal differential. Uh, so weird. They have the same amount of goals as Villa. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which is a little bizarre. And they have way more losses than Villa do. Uh, you know, they're sitting, ni- they're sitting fifth because of nine wins, two draws, and seven losses, as opposed to Villa's five, ten, and three. Uh, the obvious difference there is the fact that they've won almost ten games. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes it's better. It's better to have a win and a loss than two draws. You know, you're gonna end up with more points. Yeah, absolutely. And they they seem to have done pretty well. Their last five matches, four wins and a loss, which is an incredible little run of form right there. We would take that. Um, you know, yeah, that's that's 15. even a better return than Steve Bruce is getting. Yeah, absolutely. Which is you know kind of crazy because Villa have what. Uh, 11 from eight, eleven from 15, and they've got 12 from 15. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but it's not so good that I, I'm overwhelmed, that I'm terrified of this match. The only thing that really makes it kind of worrisome is the fact that it is an away trip. Yeah, it, it is. And Villa's home form is a lot better than their away form. So Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, it's starting to feel like Villa Park might actually be a place where people want to play now. Yeah, and I think I think that's going to have a big impact going forward, like especially if we can go up. If you can turn that into a fortress, then you can stay up. Yeah, because you could reasonably win ten out of eight, like ten out of nineteen games at home in the Premier League. You know, if you're if you're super good at home, there's it's possible that you could do that, and that's thirty points right there. Yep, exactly. But I think Villa have a real shot at this. Uh, you know, same number of goals per match, like you said. Obviously, Villa have allowed fewer. Uh, since we've got the better goal differential. Um, I think the key to this one is going to be making sure that that defense stays locked down, that we only allow one goal or so. Yeah, it's. I think it might come down to shutting down Chris Wood, who has 43% of Leeds' goals, nine this season in the championship. Yeah, with their second-best scorer having two. Those, yeah. those are positively Villa in the past couple of years numbers. Yeah, seriously. Um, it's you know that's that's not great there, but um, if you can shut him down, it appears that they really don't have much going for them. No, no, and he didn't start against Liverpool the other day. Came on as a sub, but was unable to get anything going. Maybe they were saving him for the weekend. But John was saying that he's that Chris Wood's in a really good patch of form, and he's worried that once he loses that, the goals could dry up for Leeds. It's, like you said, the, their second top goal scorer has just two goals. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I think this seems like a match where if I go in and Villa get a draw, I'm certainly going to be happy with that outcome. Yeah, I think keep keep this little run going. Take a point on the road if you can do that. I, I predicted 2-2, but 
I don't know. I could see Villa win. I could see Leeds win. Yeah, I think uh, I think it'll be. I'll buy two two. That would make me pretty happy too. See Villa's offense doing good, the attack doing okay, and the defense not just melting down. Two two at Leeds is a score that I could respect and be happy with. So yeah, two two. That would be entertaining for the neutrals as well. I think most people would be pretty happy with that. I think that's all we have for you today. I want to thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed the interview with John. Remember, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, wherever. And you can follow Robert on Twitter at 7500Robert. You can follow me at Jack Grimsey. And you can follow John at John underscore McKenzie. Robert, any final thoughts? I'm good to go. I'm just ready to hopefully actually get to see a Villa win. Yep, hopefully, but hopefully you don't jinx us by watching it. So (laughs) (laughs) thanks for listening to the whole cast. Goodbye.